All right, who's ready for the EdTech Pod Squad Live podcast? Woo! All right. Welcome to the EdTech Pod Squad, a monthly show where five Missouri EdTech leaders talk, share, and reflect on their own teaching and learning. The conversation with Josh Howard, Samantha Hardesty Knoll, Aaron Lawson, Jonathan Lee, and JP Prozavento starts right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the EdTech Pod Squad. My name is Jonathan Lee, and I'm here with my fellow Pod Squatters, and that would be JP President Vento, Sam Christy Noel, Joshua Howard. I'm so excited to be here, Jonathan. The Dr. Aaron Lawson. Welcome, everybody. Want to welcome you to our 17th episode. It is a summer episode, so it will be short and sweet. But we have a lot of cool things to share with you uh, around Twitter and how you can use Twitter to learn. Before we get into that main topic, though, I do want to uh, remind everybody to check out the hashtag EdTechPodSquad on Twitter. We had a poster session and a panel session at ISTE with, uh, I don't know, probably what, 10,000 people, folks? How many people stop by those things? Maybe 25,000 probably. It was enough for an arena. Something huge. And so I think everyone at least tweeted twice. So a lot of tweets out using the hashtag EdTechPodSquad. So definitely worth checking out and catching up and learning and reflecting with us on uh, podcasting in your school, in your classroom, and that kind of thing. So um, check it out. All right. We have two segments called What's New in Coach's Corner. We are going to combine them this time and talk about different things. And so some of us are going to share what um, we are taking back to our teachers from ISTE. Who would like to start with that? I'll go ahead and jump in right at the beginning here, Jonathan. Um, You know, so one of my biggest takeaways from ISTE was spending time with Apple in the Apple pop-up classroom, I think is what they actually called it. And then the other thing that I'm going to say, the Apple interactive screen staging area with the iPad. So I spent a lot of time learning about their Everyone Can Create Teacher's Guide. I know it's been out for a little while, but I actually, as we record this, um, have some iPad PD coming up with K-5 through teachers this coming Monday. So that was really super timely for me. Um, so I'm actually taking back some really cool activities all around Apple Clips and um, actually just the camera on an iPad and annotating pictures that I'm going to be sharing with teachers this coming Monday. Um, all of, you know, giving their kids new ways to show what they know. Um, I think it's so great that our school and so many other schools are investing in iPad and mobile technology because that just gives us a different way to tell, tell our stories and give our kids different ways to show what they know. And, you know, so we're going to be doing things like burst mode pictures and super short videos and clips that give our kids just a new way to show their learning. And that's kind of the big thing that I took away from learning at ISTE 2019. I know for me, I, uh, we, you know, we got to talk to so many different people that came up to our poster session and then also after our, um, our panel session as well. But there was this one librarian and I actually, her card is in my office right now. So I will post in our show notes um, her name and information. She has a podcast as well, but shout out to her. She's listening. Uh, but she was this amazing librarian and she came up and talked to me about, oh, it's called School Librarians United. Is that what that said, JP? 
that's yeah. exactly it. So we'll post, we'll find it and post it in our, in our show notes, a link to it. Um, but she was telling me about her, an idea about podcasts for teachers, but combining it with a walking club. And so kind of giving teachers a list of podcasts that they can listen to and then getting them all set up on their, on their phones, devices, whatever they want to use, headphones, and then just sending them out to go on a walk around the school and listening to a certain podcast, come back and reflect together. And it was just such like a simple idea, but I just thought that there were so many great things that teachers could do with that. Um, so I'm definitely going to use that in some sort of a professional development day this school year. And can I just Eric. shout out, that was Amy Herman. She's a librarian from Michigan and we had some awesome conversations with her. Thank you, Amy. Yeah, Erin, you and I were fascinated by that idea and thought it would be so great for teachers. I actually saw on Twitter this week, um, people were actually posing the question of, can they receive PD credits for something like that? And I think, well, yes, that's, that's um, an amazing way for teachers to be able to learn and be able to personalize their learning as well. Yeah, it was definitely, I was pretty, I was trying to steal that from Erin before um, she could shout it out. But, uh, but yeah, that's an awesome idea. I think I'm going to try to take it back to Education Plus and MBTC as well, because I'm always trying to help them broaden their horizons. And I, I remember when I published the first MATC podcast and shared it out with all of our, um, my coworkers, and I got three emails from them saying, hey, the video's not working on this. And so I'm like, oh, I guess I forgot to remind them what exactly a podcast is. And since there is no video, um, so yeah, I'm still working on the whole um, gaining knowledge on there, but that's a cool idea to walk and learn and then share out afterwards. So uh, one of my big takeaways from ISTE, one of the things that I went into ISTE kind of with some focal points for myself and what I needed to take back to my district. And one of the, the big things that we're working on is personalized learning and differentiated instruction for our teachers and for the uh, professional development that we provide. And I attended a session by the authors of Don't Ditch That Tech, um, Nate and Angelia Ridgeway. They're a mother and son um, authors for this book. And one of the things that they did that I, I thought was a pretty cool idea is in their Google slideshow, they included all of the information, all the potential information that they wanted to share with the audience but they had um, breaks in their, during their um, session where you would kind of vote or you would kind of say, this is what I need. And then they took, they took that Google form and took the information from that and guided their instruction of their session. So they skipped through you know, chunks of the slideshow because it wasn't what the audience wanted. And I thought, oh, that's a really, might be a good idea to use with our teachers when we're doing some professional development you know you're always like when you're trying to create the professional development you're you're kind of going for the middle of the group and and this just allows you to when you get that feel for the group you can actually um, on the fly structure your structure your PD so that it just is a little bit more individualized or differentiated for your teachers so I thought that was a it was it was neat to watch it happen in person yeah, it sounds like a great idea. I mean, I, I love when we go into a PD and um, it's about differentiation, but yet the PD itself is not differentiated. And um, we always get a good, good kick out of that going, oh, okay. Um, that's cool. But no, I, I love the idea of putting everything out there and having people meet 
where they are and, um, you know, starting to walk the walk a little bit. So it's a great idea. Well, uh, I'll, I'll share. I kind of went in with a, uh, at ISTE with a mission to, I wanted to find just things where students can be involved in either leadership or in places where students could have an empowered voice, just in some, you know, a variety of uh, things where uh, students would have more opportunity to share what they were doing or, or assume leadership roles in their schools. So that was a big part of what I tried to do. And um, I can't remember the school. It's somewhere in Dallas, but they have a, uh, they do a um, student YouTube uh, channel as part of like a multimedia class. And so I just saw so much of this stuff where in class they were challenging kids to be creators and make things and develop an audience and uh, just kind of work in those areas where uh, school wasn't the traditional like you know sit and learn but when you finish a project you you're going to make this thing or you're going to create um, this video for an audience or you know just a variety of things like that so I saw so much of that at ISTE it made me realize um, I don't know that's something I want to challenge my teachers to do more is to elevate their kids into leadership positions and give them opportunities to make stuff and put, put that out into the, uh, the world as just kind of as creators. And a big thing that I want to do that I saw several teachers do, and there was a great, this great panel and I, I could look it up and I'll put it in the show notes because I took a ton of notes, but there was just a panel from this school where they kind of just had this lab and it had, uh, they had a couple of computers there and they had places where students could go in and just edit video or uh, edit photos or images or put together uh, just a, a variety of different projects. And I think we need to have um, more places in areas like that uh, in schools. And so that's something that I'm gonna try to have my teachers doing more of is uh, kind of that open environment, creative, uh, challenging students to make stuff and create stuff. And, be leaders of their own learning. Very cool, Josh. Uh, so before we got recording, we were talking about how this year for me, uh, ISTE seemed to be a little different. And um, I was like, I don't really know if I have anything to bring back to teachers, right? I mean, I um, just felt so busy. And I think that was part of my plan overall is to kind of help, um, you know, I work for a professional development organization and we do a lot of work here in St. Louis and the state of Missouri, but we also do things above and or beyond that, our state. And so, um, kind of sharing what METC does and, and all that was kind of one of my goals. And the other goal that I had um, that I just uh, remembered was, was that I, um, we just signed up to be committed with CS for all and to bring more robotics and coding opportunities for our region. And um, so I chatted with a bunch of different vendors and organizations that provide coding opportunities and talked with them about bringing those opportunities back to the state of Missouri. And so one in particular, um, I'm be talking to probably a lot of you on the squad and, and a lot of people in the state of Missouri is a, a the CRCC, the uh, coding robotics um, uh, club. It's, it's a purely online system and it's a competition um, and it's, it's pretty cool, but it's state by state. And so I'm trying to bring that to the state of Missouri for middle school students. Um, and so I'm gonna put some information in the show notes. If you are listening in the state of Missouri, definitely worth checking out, especially if you know anybody in the middle school, cause it's a pretty cool statewide competition. It's in like the East coast, Texas and California. So it's fairly new, uh, on the, in the, on the fringes of the, of uh, the East side of the country and just trying to bring something new to the state of Missouri. 
um, for at least our middle school students. But uh, definitely a lot of coding resources out there. So I'm excited to see if I can get some people to kind of come and do some workshops for us here in the region. So that was kind of my, I guess, call to take away from ISTE. All right. So our feature content is talking about Twitter. If you're not familiar with Twitter, then you've been really confused because I said hashtag uh, pod squad and we've got um, school librarians. We're talking about theirs and, and all this other stuff. But um, in 2014, Twitter executives reported that 0.5 billion tweets are posted daily. Uh, 4.2 billion are related to education. So our us educators do a lot of tweeting. And um, it's it's quite amazing. And if you're not on Twitter, you should definitely create a, an account and get a handle and share it with the EdTech Pod Squad so we can start following you and, and we can and, and connect back and forth. But um, Twitter has a big education impact. And I know since I've been using it, I've grown uh, immensely. That was where I got a lot of my PD because I was that lone wolf or unicorn in the district that um, – loved integrated technology and I had nowhere to turn to except my, my Twitter peeps. So um, I'm excited to talk about this topic and let's go ahead and talk right into about Twitter chats. What are some benefits folks with um, Twitter chats for teachers? Well, first of all, I'd like to say, Jonathan, that I like to think of you more as a unicorn than a, than a lone wolf. That's, that's a good thought. Oh, he does um, have that look so much. Uh, unicorn lone wolf. Wait, okay, wait. Glittery you look of Jonathan. What a what a powerful what a powerful tool Twitter and Twitter chats are for for that singleton in different buildings or people that are like minded because sometimes you can work in a school or in a district and you might not share the same passions or the same vision. So to be able to meet with other people that are like-minded and and doing the work that you find value is huge. I agree, Sam. I mean, in, in Orchard Farm, we are so small that there might just be, I mean, we might just have, you know, two ELA teachers that teach sixth grade. And so they can have each other to talk to, but then sometimes it's really great that they can then go outside of our district and, and go to Twitter and find, like you said, like-minded people, people that teach the same subject, subject as them so they can um, broaden, you know, their their skills and just kind of get some more ideas and bring them back to Orchard Farm since we are so small. So I'll, I'll chime in. I want to interrupt JP for a change. Um, and so before we get too far into it, I'm just, just got to thinking if we're actually hitting through some talking to some people that maybe have not got on Twitter yet, and we're now talking about Twitter chats. Can we first kind of explain what a Twitter chat is and how it's different than just a tweeting? Yeah, I'll explain what a Twitter chat is because I love me a good Twitter chat. So um, a Twitter chat's basically, uh, in a, it's typically in a pointed time. It can, there's also things called slow chats where they take place over a longer period of time. But uh, usually uh, everybody kind of gets together in a regular time. You know, maybe it's like at seven in the evening or something. That's a really common time for chats or eight o'clock at night when after like, you know, you've had dinner, your kids are in bed or whatever. But um then there's like a theme and there's a, there's a person who kind of runs the chat and they'll, they'll tweet out questions and the group, the people, uh, the, the question will have a hashtag and uh, the group will kind of respond to the question in a conversational format. So everybody will be posting to the same hashtag. So like um, I'll use example on Thursday nights at eight there, we have the Moed chat um, for Missouri educators. Anybody can join in. 
but it's at nine. Oh, it's at nine. Okay. I'm still trying to get my schedule figured out here. Uh, it's at nine. It is at nine. I think there's one before it at eight. Maybe, uh, oh, and the ditch book takes place at the same time. So I'm confused. But anyway, the Moed chat takes place at nine. And so somebody will show up and they'll have questions. They'll post a hashtag Moed chat. They'll, they'll have a question one. They'll say, what's one really cool thing you did in your classroom? And then all the people you're following the hashtag will then respond. So uh, it doesn't have to be strictly just generally about education. It can be about grade level. It can be about content. It can be about uh, cool projects, whatever. There's literally hundreds of different uh, directions a Twitter chat can take. But the idea is you're getting all of these voices in from a variety of areas all over the country and the world, and everybody gets to kind of participate in this unique conversational format through Twitter. So, I, yeah, I wanted to mention that really because I've worked with some folks, again, same along the whole lines of um, learning what podcasts are, but others learning what, what chats are. When you create a hashtag and you put the word chat on the end of the hashtag, typically that means you're going to have like a, a weekly schedule around some themes or whatever. It's not necessarily – okay, we're just going to randomly throw tweets out on something. That's usually around like a school hashtag or something like that, not with just the word chat at the end of it. But um, but anyway, yeah, so I've, I've seen some of that confusion out there, but thank you for clearing all of that up for us, Josh. So it sounds like a lot of learning happens during these hours or uh, if it's a slow chat, it can happen over a week of time. Um, are any of your districts allowing teachers um, to kind of include that as professional development? You know, so when we talk about including that as professional development, there are a couple ways I think that we we can take that conversation. First, you know, I think what a lot of teachers in school districts will say, well, can I get professional development credit for that? And I think that's like, that's a huge, like, that's a huge, I think that's probably a, that might be a series of episodes. Uh, I think that's more than just a quick conversation now. But, you know, so in terms of including in professional development, um, you know, we don't necessarily, we don't always go down the road of, are you going to get PD hours for this? Because as a district, we provide teachers with the PD hours they need to maintain their certification. But our professional development committee, just like I think everyone else's professional development committee um, on the pod squad, we, you know, we sponsor Twitter chats. um, And typically, you know, they're slow, month-long, prompt-based conversations where, you know, and I think we've talked about it on the show before, where we give teachers an opportunity to extend their network, grow their virtual hallway, and you know participate in some of those chats. And it gives the folks who are Twitter newbies an opportunity to kind of get their feet wet a little bit. The folks who are pros gives them a chance to show off how many uh, Twitter followers they have and how many awesome Twitter chats they do 27 times a week. So you know we we do have kind of both those avenues. But at least in my district, we don't we're not in a place where we need to say you get this PD credit for doing this on Twitter. Um, we actually do offer credit for uh, professional professional development credit for Twitter chats. We have a uh, basically teachers can do all varieties of independent study and they can get credit for it. So like you might maybe read a book or you went to a conference or something. And there's so many ways that you can do professional development that it's hard to like quantify and keep track of those. And not everything happens in a seat, you know where all the teachers get together and the presenter talks to them. So uh, we just kind of challenge teachers to, uh, you know, if you're going to explore something like a Twitter chat and you want to get credit for it, we have just a form you use for your independent study and you kind of, you have to reflect on the learning experience, which, you know, for being honest, is 
a really important part of professional development that we tend to uh, kind of lack on anyway, but they have to reflect on that learning experience. They have to tell you about, you know, what the Twitter check was about, what the hashtag was about. Um, and then kind of talk about how they can apply their learning, some of their big takeaways to what they're going to be doing in their classroom. So that big reflective piece is uh, they will submit that to us. And then uh, for, you know, if it's an hour long Twitter chat, that's an hour of their professional development credit. And since it happens outside of contract time, they can roll that up into their, their continuing education credits as well. But we do want to reward and honor teachers for the time they, they put into that. And we do strongly emphasize Twitter chats as something that a way that you can get personalized or specialized professional development that we don't always have people in the district who can, you know, I, I think of our lone wolves or unicorns, like our, our gifted teachers or our technology teachers or people who uh, you are, you know, are uh, uh, Spanish foreign language teachers, people like that, who they don't have a huge department of people, but they can reach out and find others who are, you know, there's a, there's all, there's a Twitter chat for all of those things. So we want to honor teachers and give them credit for, for going out and finding that those opportunities. That's cool. Yeah. I, I know that um, back when I was in the school district, I was trying to see if we can get them to be some kind of PD. And we had a good discussion around how do you do that? What, kind of forms we need to put in place or how do we help document learning um and we're making headway but then i ended up leaving school so i'm not sure where they are now but anyway we were at least having that conversation around um how do you do that but it sounds like you always offer some great choices um for your teachers so that's great to hear hey can i just piggyback on josh real quick and i want to emphasize i think what i think was the most important part of what he said it's not that you know we're giving teachers an opportunity to do twitter chats and get pd credit that's awesome but whatever that activity is, whether it's a Twitter chat, whether it's listening to an episode of the best podcast in the world via Tech Pod Squad, um, the, there's, a, there's a reflection piece to that. And I think a lot of times, you know, folks are, are going to say things like, well, I'm on Twitter, so I'm getting PD. And I think, you know, when we we're all new to Twitter a couple of you know, years ago that we're like, yeah, I'm on Twitter. So it's the best PD ever. And, uh, the listeners can't see how emphatic I'm being right now. Uh, but you know your voice. <laughs> that idea of the reflective piece and the okay so i saw this quote on twitter or i saw you know that there's a thing people are talking about on twitter called google um there I, I i got pd i'm done i'm gonna zone out during your meeting because i can be on twitter and learn something else another time that reflective piece is so huge so i think it's awesome josh that um you guys are allowing that type of independent study, but more importantly, really hammering home the power of reflecting on it and how exactly are you using this in your classroom with your learners? I and uh, just to kind of go to the next step with that, I think a big part like of Twitter chats, and maybe we'll get to this, I don't know. Um, whenever you start, it can be intimidating and it can be like a scary place, especially for somebody who's not, like Twitter goes, Twitter chats go super fast. Um, it's hard to keep up all the time. So some, you, you'll lose the thread on the thing you're talking about. So a lot of times people start by lurk, lurking, like they're not an active participant in the chat, but they are, they are reading, they're checking the hashtag. They're trying to be part of the conversations happening without like having to jump two feet in and like lead the conversation. Um, 
there's still a value in like being part of that conversation. So we don't want to like say, Hey, do a Twitter chat, go out. You have to respond to 12 different people. You have to use this hashtag X amount of times. We're going to check your account to make sure you do it. We also want to like give them a little bit of freedom to, Hey, I just want to go and check out this hashtag. I'm going to read a little bit about the conversations happening on there, but I'm not comfortable with posting something on there yet. And you know, when I, whenever I'm trying to get my teachers to buy into doing something like a Twitter chat, if I say, hey, we're all going to meet tonight on Twitter at 830 and we're going to have a conversation, everybody has to post X amount of times, that's just not going to work for everybody. Mm -hmm. So this allows them to kind of go at their own pace, do it their own way. But, and I always say the reflective piece that we do at the end of PD is the most important thing that we're going to get out of it anyway. As long as they're giving that back to us, whether they were they responded to everybody on there, they hosted the Twitter chat, or if they just were on there being a lurker, they can still get a little bit of credit for being part of that conversation. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point to make both of you. Um, it's one thing to just kind of um, pull tweets off of Twitter and say, oh, yeah, I, I got some PD. It's another thing to actually be there during the tr uh, the, tw uh, the chat, Twitter, I want to say Twitter chat, um, and – actually just kind of lurk like you were saying that's which i spent quite a few years just lurking mostly because i was unsure of myself and that i actually had something valuable to contribute to the conversation um because i just wasn't comfortable there i wasn't there yet um and so spent a few years but i still got a lot of it obviously but then another one to um, actually participate throw your voice out there and then sometimes the really next step is to kind of run your own twitter chat right um but even all of that there has to be more follow-up so my next um, question to you guys then is how do you kind of fill in that area of, okay, so you've done this, whether it's one of those things that is laid out for you, how are you going beyond from just chatting to actually doing something to benefit students in the classroom? I know for me, it's just um, setting up that, taking that, that connection with somebody on a Twitter chat and just taking it to the next level. And so it's actually, if you see somebody on the Twitter chat post an awesome idea, then actually connect with that person, message that person, set up a hangout with that person to then um, see, to get, you know, more in deep with them. It's just kind of see like, what is it that you're doing and uh, to set up a new plan for yourself for the, for whatever it is. I just think, I don't know. I think sometimes you can just see those, like what Josh was saying, the chats can go so fast that you just try to remember some of the things that you saw on there, but then actually taking a moment to breathe and connect with one person and just go deeper with that, I think can be just very beneficial. When it comes to like, you know, filling the gray area and going from chatting to doing, I really think it's all about like finding a partner. Um, you know, whether it's like someone that you have that proximity with them, your face-to-face -face colleague, saying, you know, I did this chat last night or we did this chat last night. Here's the thing. Here are our action steps. Let's, you know, create that accountability, work together and get something done. Um, but I think that's really a big part of it is to have that teammate, have that partner to be your accountability partner and your implementation partner and work together with that stuff. Kind of taking off that, I guess. One thing that I do, um, I feel like the struggle for me is always to get teachers at least to create their account or do you just get on Twitter and once they're on there like it takes care of so much like they once they kind of get it and they're active in the community they're so much more willing to take that there so one thing one way that I kind of fill that gap in is uh just what I, I get all my teachers Twitter handles and if I ever see something that kind of applies to what they're doing in their classroom I'll just 
retweet and I'll tag that teacher. So they'll, they'll see it. They'll get a thing on their email and then I can go back in. And oh, we've lost Josh. All right. Well, we'll see if he comes back right now. He's frozen. So mid Missouri must be in like a, a heat wave, but that's all right. Anybody want to close out our conversation around Twitter chats? Cause we've talked a lot about how um, they could be used They're very educational and um, filling in that gray space after um, you've done some learning and actually put some doing into it. Anybody want to close us out with that? Well, I know that uh, several of us in our districts have done different Twitter challenges and really the intention of Twitter challenges is to get the teachers comfortable enough with Twitter and how Twitter operates and sharing on more of a, on an easier level, not like, like you said, Jonathan, and it's like sometimes it's intimidating to put your content out there because you don't know if your content is valuable. So trying to ease teachers in by doing like maybe just taking a selfie with their mascot or, or some of those silly things, but to have them participate in a Twitter challenge just kind of incentiv incentivize or just gives them a, an easier entry point to get comfortable with Twitter so that when they get into the into the Twitter chats that hopefully they can be more involved um, and less of a lurker. Absolutely. I think those, those uh, challenges you guys put out for your districts are key. You guys do some pretty cool ideas throughout the, whether it's two weeks, three weeks or a month um, kind of really help ease in uh, to the whole Twitter idea. So I love the, I love seeing what you guys come up with every year. So, all right, so we've kind of hit the end of our show. Since um, Josh is unavailable, I will um, do his closing piece. So um, so all I've heard right now is without without Josh, there's no show. Well, <laughs> that's not exactly true, but we, we feel bad when somebody can't make it and this happens to be Josh this time. So we, I don't want him to miss out too much. But uh, so let's go around real quick and remind everybody who we are, how they can connect with us, and um, go from there. I am Jonathan Lee. I work for METC, Instructional Specialist. Uh, you can connect with me on Twitter at Percent and catch the other podcasts I do, METC Podcast. I am Samantha Hardesty-Knoll. I'm a tech coach in the Wentzville School District, and you can get a hold of me at TechKnoll. I'm Erin Lawson. I'm the Director of Professional and Program Development. A uh, little bit of tech thrown in there as well, of course. And you can find me, find me on Twitter at Erin underscore Lawson3. You guys catch that new job title for Dr. Aaron Lawson? Look at that. Go on, letting that fly under the radar. Director of Professional and Program Development. I am JP Presvento. Um, I, <laughs> um, JP Presvento, you can connect with me on Twitter at JP Prez. That's at J-P-P-R-E-Z-Z. And you can catch my other podcast, The Bits and Bites of Education at jpprez.com. Um, I'm going to say bye for Josh, too, at Josh C. Howard. Don't forget, guys, um, at EdTechPodSquad, EdTechPodSquad.com. Jonathan, what else you got for us before we wrap it up? I totally had the impression of Josh ready to rock and roll. I was going to be be Josh for like 10 seconds and act like him, but no, no, you took it. Sorry. All right. So that is all we have. Thank you very much for checking us out. Don't forget, if you listen on um, that Apple device thing, uh, to leave a review on Apple iTunes, whatever it's called now. Um, we appreciate that. Follow us on Twitter at EdTechPodSquad uh, and use that hashtag as well. So thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next month, everybody. See ya. See ya.